All of a sudden, from around that little corner, I see these neon green figures floating towards me. And he said, what is that? And I moved the branch and I looked and it was this big, hairy something. It was the weirdest feeling and I just was like, I just want to get out of here. It was so real to me and nobody believed me. She started saying, I don't want to go upstairs because of the ghosts. The ghosts are up there. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to the Haunted AF Podcast. This is the podcast that's all about real-life ghost stories told by the people who experience them. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fist. I'm Rebecca Black. And we're really excited today because this is the first podcast that we have taped since the other podcasts have been live. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. So uh, we're getting actual feedback, and that has been, okay, no, that's been like a mixed blessing. My favorite part of the feedback so far is hearing from women who want to know what the guys look like. Yeah. (laughs) Specifically Lucky and Ron. I've had multiple women reaching out about Lucky and Ron. And then one woman was Googling Dean to find out what Dean looked like. Hilarious. I can't tell you, Lucky is adorable in real life. Yeah, they all are. Yeah, and it's so cute. And Ron looks like a... uh, A GQ model. Yeah, a GQ or J Crew or J Crew model. Well, and, and this should encourage you as a man to come on the show and tell us your ghost story yeah. because you get automatic like podcast sex symbol status totally by being on our show it was, and that's I mean instant it was after the first two episodes dropped and people were like ooh who's that tell me is he hot is he as hot oh. as he sounds and I'm like Lucky sounds hot does he sound? I mean he's adorable <laughs> yes I'm like I just I, I didn't know that was a hot voice what do you have so mine is actually a complaint oh really so we need to apologize to Randy Scott who was one of the first reviewers on iTunes mm-hmm. for us and uh, he says please stop screaming into the microphone I would love to hear the storyteller finish their story without you interrupting them. Wow. Which, um, my husband would agree with you on part of this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He says we scream too much. Yeah, my 14-year-old, too. She's like, stop interrupting the guests. Yeah, we're trying to dial it back. We really are. We really, yeah, we're trying. But this is a learning process. And no promises. Some of these stories are really... I mean, you're supposed to be screaming when you hear some of this stuff. We are reacting just like you, the listener, is reacting. So, of course, sometimes we're going to yell and scream and all that good stuff. Sorry, Randy. We will try. We'll try to do better for you. Yeah, but just bear with us in the process. So in the meantime, if you also want to complain, yes, <laughs> or send us a ghost story, which we really need some ghost stories or a voice memo, please email us at hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, hauntedafpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We need your stories. Yeah, we don't have a show without them. So last time at the end of uh, our last episode, we had Jasmine on and with the First Intense podcast. Mm-hmm. So she had a story about a man who disappeared appeared like into thin air from Which is her crazy it was crazy yeah from her mother's bakery and so we decided <laughs> please leave that in no, I'm so please sorry please do that was the most amazing that thing was really disgusting I don't <laughs> think <laughs> please ghost burp I'm sorry that was that really, was really... not Julie Fisk that was a ghost I burped. might uh, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll put an effect on that anyhow oh, I love it so Jasmine's mother had seen a, a man disappear in her bakery and so we decided we we're going to do some research on that on just disappearing people because it's yeah. not a story that I had heard. So I've never heard anything like that. What did you find? So, okay, I'm going to take this one way back to the 1500s. Uh, Virginia Dare, this, she was born August 18th, uh, 1587. She was born in uh, Roanoke Colony, okay? Oh, she I know was, where this is going. Yeah, she was the first English child born in America, okay? Mm-hmm. But due to, like, there was some bad beef between the colonists and the Native Americans at the time, and most of her colonists went back to England, right? Right. However, there were a few that ended up staying to, you know, like live life and, 
you know, living their best life. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, her grandfather, John White, actually left at one point to go back and get supplies. He comes back, and I, there's no telling how long he was gone for, because I imagine he has to get in a boat and travel across the world in order to get the supplies that they need. But by the time he gets back, everyone in the colony is gone, like disappeared, vanished. And that's not just them as people that are gone. These are their houses, everything that they had built, like the church, everything gone. There is nothing there. There is no sign of this colony whatsoever. And I'm like, where did they go? So this is the the story with the Croatoan though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But where did they go? They just disappeared. I don't know. That's, I love that story. That Isn't we, that crazy? We had to study that in, I think like middle school, the lost colony. It's fascinating it to is. me that and even today we don't know what happened but to like, them. I remember hearing about it in elementary school and not really thinking anything of it you know Mm -hmm. you just sort of think okay that's back in the olden times they probably just all died and they lived in like I don't know shacky trees or something (laughs) like like I don't know (laughs) I don't even know what that is (laughs) but you know you think it sounds like it's easier to disappear but I'm like no they they were established they had built homes they had built churches and they come back and it is all Gone, Like, there's not a trace. To update here, I found a story from 2018 that I thought was kind of cool. This is a man in Brazil who just disappeared. Okay, like, literally vanished off the planet. He had told his family that he was doing, um, a se- working on a secret project. He was in this room, locked room. And um, after he had gone missing for a couple of days, they're like, well, where's... Where's Bruno? That's his name, Bruno Borges. And um, they call the cops. Cops comes out. They open this locked room, and he's nowhere in there, nowhere to be found. And there's, like, he's written all over the walls in, like, this weird code. There's pictures of aliens and stuff. Yeah, so he's got all of this, like, craziness in this room that was locked that he was supposedly in, and he just up and vanished. Is this a real story? This, this I'm t- I found it on Board Panda. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's so accurate. It, it has to be true. Yeah, so he, he 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 left behind a locked room with 14 books of encrypted text. All co- I mean, seriously, the walls are covered in like handwritten some sort of secret alien language. Right. I don't know. There and was, just a tiny bit of feces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was still warm. Okay, we're gonna have to like post that that link because that, yeah, that's an it's awesome a crazy story. story. See, all of the disappearing people stories that I heard were pretty much like, oh no, those people just died. Right. Yeah, that's somebody or, who like drove into a lake or he killed her and buried the bot. Like they were all just clearly somebody just died. But um, I did find these two that I really liked. So there was one in 1815. It was a Prussian, pr- I'm sorry, Prussian prison at Wachmongel. And there was a prisoner named Gigi <laughs> and he was serving time for assuming his former employer's identity after that guy died from a stroke. So um, it's just an ordinary afternoon and this guy is out with a line of prisoners. They're all chained together walking through the prison prison yard for their uh-huh. daily exercise and according to everybody who was there witnessing it he slowly started disappearing his body just kind of faded away wow and then he disappeared from the shackles and was never seen again that is crazy yeah so there's that one and then there was another one 1873 it's this guy named james warson of leamington spa england and he's like i'm a super good athlete and his friends say we don't believe you and he said i'm gonna run from here over to coventry that's like 16 miles mm-hmm. and his friends are like you can't do it 
but we'll place money on it and we're going to follow you okay. in, in a carriage and see, you know, how long you do it. So he's running and they're following him watching and he trips and falls and completely disappears. No way. So they go over to find him. They can't find him anywhere. They go and get the police. They search everywhere. The man was never seen again. So I think, though, that these guys just got tired of him bragging about what a super athlete yeah, he was. Yeah, killed him. And just killed him. Yeah. Yeah, and so then they went and got the police, but they, like, fed him to oh, pigs or something. Yeah, so I'm sorry. It's like 1873. I simply don't believe you. <laughs> so, Rebecca, you have a friend on the phone right now? Yes, this is my good friend, Melissa. I've known her forever, I feel like. And she's hilarious, and she's a—I mean, seriously. She's hilarious. And she's got a story about um, something called Anson Lights in Abilene. Okay, wait, before we tell the Anson Lights story, and I'm dying to hear this, I need to, okay, Melissa, you had a business called Kid Kits. Can you explain this to me? Because it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I don't think that's what it was called. What was the name of it? Um, Well, it was called The Office Kid. And it was a fake kid kit basically so you're 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 right on so many levels but yeah so I was at the point where I was had just started my job and everyone was leaving for some sort of kid excuse I say excuse you know but it could have been legit but um but anytime you had a kid you got to get out of jail free card you know so I was like you know what nobody really knows you know most people's personal life I was Mm -hmm. like why don't you just make a kid up and then have a picture on your desk a drawing and you know no one's the wiser so that's what I did I just created a kit a fake kid kit so it looks like you have a child this is brilliant <laughs> it's the most genius do thing you, I've ever do heard do you still sell these things <laughs> I don't I actually got to the point where it was just more of a, a buzzworthy type thing than it was a financial boon so oh, yeah. no. this, uh, <laughs> as most of uh, my ideas seem to be that way but no maybe I should I should reevaluate maybe do a, a digital version or something this this go no, but you still do cool stuff. We have to mention your true your true crime candles that you sell on Etsy. Yes, I'm well, like many people, many cool people, of course, are obsessed <laughs> with, you know, true crime starting with Dateline, you know, my obsession yeah. goes runs very deep and even before that was unsolved mysteries on oh, Lifetime. Yeah. I think is, you know, in so college good. I would just you know, freak myself out listening to that music. But, um, but yeah, so I just decided to, you know, pull my resources and put the faces of some of my favorite heroes on candles. And so including, you know, the cast of Dateline, mm-hmm. we have people even Kathleen Zellner from Making a Murder 2, which is the attorney. Amazing. And, Amazing. Know, and the list goes on. My favorite is Angela Lansbury. Ah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Because she's, she's like the, the OG. Mary. She's yeah. the OG true we, crime we, person. Mm-hmm. And those are on Etsy? Yeah. They are. And so the shop is True Crime Idol Candles. Awesome. Okay. So <laughs> okay, now, now, now tell your, your story. story. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Anson Lights. Um, so should I explain to your global audience what Abilene or Anson or West Texas is sort of like? Yeah, I mean, we can say, like, it's in the middle of nowhere. It There's is, nothing there other than, what, Abilene Christian University? Yeah, it is dry and Absolutely. Flat. But I kept hearing about something my freshman year because there's just truly nothing to do. And I'd heard about Anson Lights and, you know, again, being sort of like true crime, ghost stories, that was totally my thing. And so got a bunch of friends in the car and I drove and people kept telling me, you know, it's, you know, find the stop sign three quarters of the way down, you know, that literally the directions had to do with landmarks. Mm-hmm. There was like no streets, no nothing, no major intersections. So 
you had to look for like the last rock on the left to like turn. So we get these sort of, (laughs) we get these sort of instructions and it is, you know, driving out there, you truly cannot see your hand in front of your face. I mean, there's absolutely nothing out there. Um, So we get to, you know, whatever destination, the third fence post to the right and, you know, take a right. And best directions ever, by the way, look for the limping chicken. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. it's, It's very much like that. So we're in this pitchback black country road and what they tell you to do is, you know, at this particular farm, you truly, you take a ride and go all the way down until you can't drive anymore on this dirt road and then turn around to the road that you came from because there's only one way in. And again, you know, completely pitch black, turn around. And what you're supposed to do is flash your lights three times. So you, again, can't see your hand in front of your face, flash your lights, and then you turn off your car. And so we're just sitting there sort of waiting in anticipation, have no idea what's going to happen because nobody tells you what's going to happen. So as you're sitting there from probably about a hundred yards away, you see a single light coming towards you. So since it's a single light, you're like, okay, well, it's not a car, probably not, you know, Pee Wee Herman on his bike either. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's just a strange, <laughs> it's just a strange light. And it also is like sort of yellow in color. And you're like, okay, that's weird. It just comes out of nowhere. And so then it starts coming towards you and it's not in necessarily like a linear fashion. Yes. Yeah, so it comes <gasps> closer. So it starts from about a hundred yards moves closer and it's sort of like swaying a little bit. It's, it's strange. So it's we're like just like, ghost. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> you know, and then, but at least we know that we're on the road we came from. So we could, you know, gun it if we had to, if somebody was coming after us with, you know, a knife or anything, you know, so it's like we had at least that security. So it's coming closer and closer and closer. And then all of a sudden it just disappears when it's probably about, I would say hundred feet in front of you. So you no! never see Oh. <laughs> yeah, just totally disappears. And then you turn on your lights, nothing's there. Well, the time that I went, I actually got stuck in the mud. And <gasps> no, so we no, were no, completely no. freaked out. And you know, when I was actually recalling the story after we talked about this, I thought, you know, like Emily was going through a massive drought at that time. Like <gasps> literally all the lakes had dried up. Wow. So it would make absolutely no sense to be stuck in mud or there are to be mud. And I was like, that it was even like even more creepy. And so it just took a few minutes to really like get it going. And then we just, you know, hightailed it out of there. But the story is that that light is supposed to represent a woman who is looking for her lost son. So apparently on that property, so, you know, who knows some colonial times, um, her son was lost and she was looking for him. And that light is supposed to represent the lantern of the mom looking for her oh, son. Oh, that's just my so sad. <laughs> but what it really is. Is that not the craziest thing you've that, ever heard? No, that is it's, so I mean, creepy. We've done it and it, it happens every single time. Like, no way. It doesn't make any sense. How, how many times? Like, how many times have you done this? I've probably done it like freshman year. I probably went five times. What? And it happened all five times. It happened every single time the same way. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay. Cause it's like, like the Marfa lights, brown lights, you go out there and nothing happens. So it happens to you every time you do this. 
Every time. We got to mm-hmm. go. I know. I we have like, to oh, go. Okay, I need look to look it up because I don't want to know, like, if it's a, I kind of don't want to know the true story if there is one. You know what I mean? Like, if it's some plate tectonics or something anyway, like that. Like, how, I don't, how do you explain don't that? Know. I don't no, know. How do you explain a floaty drunk ghost light coming at you? Well, I don't no, think okay, there is no. an explanation no, for there, that. No, there is this thing. It's St. Elmo's Fire. I got to look it up. But I remember my when my grandmother was courting with some boy in, like, 1921. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really long time ago she was talking about how they were taking a walk at night and they saw a a, it was like a ball of glowing gas and it was floating across a lawn and it actually like stepped like went down on the curb went across the street hopped up on the curb and kept going and uh, so she always called it saint elmo's fire which i didn't know what that meant and then i saw the movie and i still don't know what it meant but um, now i get now we have to google now we have to google that so that's i've always kind of equated these lights to something like that but I also, mm-hmm. I feel like it might be Motel Hell. Have y'all ever seen that movie? No, but that sounds like a good one. Where they, they trap the people. <laughs> that outside. amazing. Yeah, they trap the people and then they bury them in the ground and they feed them and turn them into sausage. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It's, it's, yeah, Motel Hell. Look it up. Wow. It's horrible. It's like the worst movie ever and no, you have to see fantastic. it. You have to see it. That's, um... That's just what I'm thinking. This is where they make the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest story. Probably Melissa, so. do you want to go to Abilene with us? Should we make a road trip? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Wow. I, I'm dead serious. I want to go to Abilene. I know. I want to experience this. this light. Oh, my gosh. I want is... a guaranteed, like, encounter. Yes. That's what's killing me yeah. five times. I, I mean, it, every time. I mean, I'm assuming that kids these days are still doing it. I mean, if it happened that many times, there's got to be a, a bunch of it, these there's stories There's got to be a million there. stories out right, there. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's weird because it's like it just was so accepted as a lore kind of thing you know I mean it was like a provable lore and nobody really ever talked about it you know and to to age myself that was sort of like pre-google search so I nobody really even talked about it there wasn't reviews on TripAdvisor yeah I've never heard of this we need to go deeper in this it also amuses me this is like what the Abilene Christian kids did and I'm Mm -hmm. like Christian kids don't believe in ghosts (laughs) (laughs) but yet there they are being bad yeah well it's just excuse to go yeah. out in the dark in the like, car and drive being around. bad on a Friday yeah. night. We're going to go ghost hunting. Oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Melissa, for our first potentially provable ghost story I know. that we can go out and like get a little piece of. Love it. And I can't wait to um, provide a picture. And so, I mean, it's going to be very rudimentary and, and skill level, but perhaps an orange dot on the, in the middle of the page. But, you know, I'll try to interpret as well, best I can. And we'll take it because yeah. everyone else has been such a pain in the butt yeah, about drawing their ghosts. Nobody wants to do it. And Rebecca and I both drew yeah, ours. Hilarious. Yeah, Lucky drew his. Nobody else wants to draw their ghosts. Yeah. So thank you for drawing your little light. We will take it. Of course. Well, let me know when you're ready to take it on the road, and I'll pack some sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Right, Bye-bye. So, Rebecca, somebody reached out to you yes. with a story, I think through Facebook. Yes. Even. Yay. Which, that's another way that you can get yeah. in touch with us at the Haunted AF Facebook page. So, tell me about your friend. This is Anna McCoy, and um, apparently she's got some really good Florida ghost stories that she's going to share with us. Oh, like Florida Man. Yeah. As in, you know it's got to get crazy <laughs> in Florida. All right. We're just going to let you go with it, girl. Girl, tell us, tell us your crazy ghost encounters. Okay, well, there's lots and lots of scary places. Well, technically haunted places in Key West, but one of the places is St. Paul's. I think it's a Lutheran church, and there's a little cemetery in the back. Well, right next to that is where an old church, an old Baptist church was, and in 1832, the pastor of the church caught his wife with the deacon. So Uh-oh. he gets angry. He boards up the church and sets it on fire. 
Unbeknownst to him, there were 14 children that also died in the fire. So part of the church building is where, when I was a probation officer, we had our office. And it was just a little section, but it was still connected to the old church. There was this one middle office. It wasn't really an office. It was kind of a breezeway, but it was a big area. And it had like an air vent. So I would have to walk around from my office to cut through there to go to the front. And then the secretary would have to come back the other way. Well, one day we were both walking and right when I came around my corner and she came around the corner and I remembered it this morning because I kept thinking, what was it exactly that I saw? Was it an orb or was it a puff of smoke? But I remembered there was like a flash of light Ooh. and then it was like went up that vent <gasps> and we're just oh looking at each other gosh. like, uh, did you see that? And I'm like, yeah. And then we went and told the other guy that worked there with us. He didn't believe. He's like, no, y'all just. It was just a flash of light. It was nothing. Flashes of light slash smoke don't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. And then they don't escape up exactly. a vent. Right. You know? Yeah, they come out of a vent. They come out. In it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Bye. Bye. So yesterday, Rebecca and I were doing some show prep at White Rock, White Rock Coffee. Yes. Got to give them some love. Because their coffee is delicious. Yes. And, and they're not paying us for that, by no, the way. No, that was totally free plug. So uh, my niece, Savannah, starts texting while Rebecca and I are sitting together. And so she is starting to have these experiences at her house. And um, so she's at, she's just freaking out. She's texting me and my sister and then her sister, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to figure out what to do and how to handle right. this. So, okay, this, uh, I just, this, paraphrasing what Savannah <laughs> wrote yesterday. She has a little girl named Charlotte who's about five years old. Okay. Charlotte and I were home one morning. I was in the bathroom between the bedrooms and Charlotte was on my bed laying on her tummy on top of the covers talking to me. I couldn't see her, but the bathroom doors were open so I could hear her clear as day. Well, chatty Kathy was mid-sentence as she stopped dead in her tracks and said, oh, mama, someone just pinched me on my bottom. And I said, what did you just say? And she said, someone just pinched me on my bottom. And I turned and looked and no one is there. I immediately went to her and took her to the living room, called my boyfriend and had her tell him exactly what had happened, still being casual so she wouldn't get freaked out. So she recounted the story exactly as she had told me, but at the end she said it had really long fingernails. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. Okay, so that's just the first one. And she says, furthermore, Charlotte hasn't seen any scary movies, so she wouldn't know to make up like... Well, she's five. She's five. I can't imagine what she would have seen by now that would inspire that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so Friday night, my boyfriend was in the back bedroom and Charlotte was chasing Mia. I don't I am assuming that Mia's the cat. So she's chasing Mia through the house saying, Mia, Mia girl, Mia. So this goes on for a while until I distinctly heard a different toned voice saying, Mia girl, as if it was mocking Charlotte. I don't know that it was deep. I'm just doing that. So yeah, she says it was so clear. I immediately turned around to see Charlotte, who was in the living room playing on the couch with Mia. So I checked with my boyfriend, who was still way in the back bedroom, who told me he hadn't seen anything and did not hear what I heard. But I heard it clear as day, and I had Charlotte say "Mia girl" over and over again to see if she possibly could have sounded that way. She was trying to do like voice recognition, yes, yes, trying to see. Oh she's gosh. like, and of course she didn't. Now I did not ask Savannah what the voice sounded like because honestly, I was too freaked out. No, like, yeah. I don't want to know because if it was some deep voice going me a girl I know I that would be don't think I could no. handle it so then last night the three of us were eating dinner in the living room watching TV lights are on in the playroom next to us Charlotte's little piano mat is turned on in that room that's the one where if you walk on it it plays a piano like, like in, from the movie big. big exactly so I heard it start playing like someone was walking on it but I just assumed it was the cat oh my god my boyfriend anxiously points towards the playroom and I said it's just the cat she does that 
Right after I said that, the cat walks in from the opposite side of the house. And my boyfriend said, nope, there's the cat. So he and Charlotte go into the playroom, which was empty, of course. And then Charlotte turned the piano off like nothing had happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So we're all discussing this, like, what on earth could it be? Well, and I'm thinking the cat is not heavy enough to, like, push those little things down. I think they they can, but the cat was not in that room. Yeah, the fact that he's not in in that room. He wasn't in the other room. So, yeah, so they've only... Be a girl. Be a girl. I don't know what it is about a ghost actually speaking that freaks me out like more than I know. anything. Ugh. So, um, you know, I, I didn't know what to say. You and I were talking about it yesterday. Right. I'm like, I don't know, smudge, like, you know, go get some sage. sage. I don't know what to tell you to do. <laughs> and my sister's like, oh, I bet it's mom. I bet it's mom. And they're pinching Charlotte's bottom. And I'm like, no, let's not say that just right. in case. Well, did your mom have long, did she have long she nails? She did. Yeah. And she would do that. And honestly, Would she pinch bottom. And she would pinch bottoms. Yeah, that would be the type. But my but mom, she doesn't say me a girl. Me a girl. But she hasn't. My mom passed away ages ago, and that's the thing. They just moved into this house about a month ago. Yeah. So I'm like, if it was my mom, she would have already been around. She would have been hanging out Agreed. by now. It wouldn't all of a sudden just start, you know, getting going at this house. Right. So anyhow, uh, Savannah is going to talk to her landlord, and hopefully, we're going to get her on the pod- next podcast. Okay. To get some more information. Oh, we have to. I have to know what went down in this house. So I have my friend. Mark on the phone. Uh, Mark Walters with Big... I know him. You know him. Yes, bigfanboy.com. Excellent website. So uh, make sure you check it out. And it was just about, I'd say, two years ago that Mark posted on Facebook something that happened to him when he was at uh, a convention. Yeah. So, Mark, just tell us your story. Well, sure. Uh, uh, I guess I should preface this by saying that I was never really that much of a believer in supernatural stuff. Like I had never had any experiences or anything that really made me think, you know, supernatural stuff was real or that, you know, other than just hearing other people's stories. So I was at the convention in Long Beach, California, and I decided to stay a night on the Queen Mary. Um, anyway, I went to check in and I had a real nightmare trying to check in. I had to change rooms like three times because Every room they put me in, it kept ended up being, you know, just not not right. And so finally, the last room they put me in, and they even told me this. Well, we went ahead and upgraded you to like a a slightly larger room. And I was like, fine, whatever. I just want to sleep. This was like past midnight. So I go to this room. I get checked in. And and the first thing I noticed as I was walking to the room, which I thought was very strange, because at this point I had walked all over that ship because I'd been walking back and forth to different rooms. And that is not a small ship. And the first thing I noticed as I was walking in the room was the hallway was really dark. Like, for some reason, the lights in this particular hallway were not shining or they were not on. And it seemed very strange because it felt different. It didn't feel like the same as the rest of the ship. You know, I was very tired. I just wanted to kind of lay down and, and go to sleep. And so it was very strange because, like, there would be it would be really hot. Uh, the only, by the way, if you've never stayed on the Queen Mary, the only window in your room is a tiny little porthole, uh, that, you know, you can open, but it's kind of recessed within the wall. So you feel really kind of cramped in the room anyway. Can I just say like, I'm already feeling a little claustrophobic just hearing the story. First of all, with the dark lights, then the cramped room, the heat, and then then the tiny window. Yeah. That's freaking me out already. Well, then it's like the other thing you notice, you hear a lot of noises. You hear really strange noises. Like sometimes you hear noises that sound like people walking up to your door, like right outside your door of your Mm. room. It sounds like someone's walking up to your door, but you could go look through the people and there's nobody there. 
So I laid down. And again, I'm hearing these noises, but I'm trying to ignore it. And so I couldn't sleep. I couldn't fall asleep, even though I was very, very tired. Then all of a sudden I feel the first thing. Have you ever been laying in bed and you feel somebody sit down on the bed next to you? And you feel the bed kind of depressed right. like they've sat next to you? Yes. Yeah. That's what I felt. I felt like somebody had sat down on the bed right next to me. Because my I was turned to the left, so my back was to the edge of the bed. And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. Like, did your body and, go up, kind of? Yeah, yeah, like the mattress, the whole mattress oh. kind of moved like it would if somebody sat down on the mattress. I mean, it was it was a definitive feeling. It was not one of those things where it's like, well, maybe I felt that or maybe it kind of felt weird or somewhere. Maybe the, the room shifted or anything like that. No, it felt like somebody had sat down right behind me. Mm. So <laughs> I was I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Well, did you, you know, roll over and, and check? Did you look to see if there was someone there? I, I laid there for a minute and I was sort of waiting because I didn't know what to do. And then it happened again, but it happened a little bit further down, you know, to where, uh, you know, I felt it again. And I'm like, OK, there's something going on here. Like oh. I'm feeling something and I don't know what is causing it. But what do I do? Like if you're in that situation and you felt that. You know, you can do one of two things. You can either like freak out and start screaming mm -hmm. or you can kind of sit there and try to figure out, OK, what is this? What is causing this? And so yeah. I was trying to kind of keep my wits about me and just, you know, keep calm. And then it got progressively worse. It, it got really freaky to the point of where I, I couldn't just be calm anymore. It got to where I started feeling uh like somebody was was running their fingers down my back. Like, ah! I, that's not the worst. Um, He's so, like, "There's like, more." Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> again, I'm asking myself, like, should I scream? Should I, you know, jump up out of the bed? I mean, what do I do? And um, pull the so, covers over your face and hope it goes away. I think I did actually. <laughs> but then the first thing that happens was um, I could feel like. Like there were hands being run under my calves, like as if someone was running their hands under my legs. And then the first thing happens that really freaks me out. I can definitively feel like someone is pulling my foot, like as if they're trying to pull strongly on my foot. No. And uh, and that was the first moment where I like I jerked my leg up, and you know I sat up in the, in the bed, and I'm looking yeah. around. I'm like, all right, what is going on here? Like this is really freaking me out. Yeah. But there's nothing. There's nothing. I don't see anything. I don't see anybody. I mean, the way the room is designed, it's not like there's a hiding place where somebody could be like kind of hiding and you know messing with me or something. There's just nobody in the room, and so I'm. I'm I'm lay back down and I'm I'm thinking God I really need to sleep this is totally freaking me <laughs> but you know I I gotta get some sleep I'm tired you know the other thing I noticed whenever something like that happened that was the only time where I felt cold like mm. where all of a sudden in this very hot room I felt cold and again I thought that was interesting because they never fixed the AC right. on the boat. How long did it go on? How long did this thing keep messing with you? I mean, it, it was hours. It was hours. Wow. I, I'm, I'm still trying to fall asleep, you know, and, and I was doing that thing that you should never do where I was looking at my phone, thinking to myself, okay, if I go to sleep now, mm -hmm. I'll get three hours three or hours, four yeah. hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and so I kept checking my phone to see what time it was. 
And this kind of went on, on and off, on and off. And if it wasn't happening, I was just laying there sweating in the bed because it was so hot. <laughs> and finally, like around six o'clock in the morning, I finally did manage to doze off right around the time when the sun started coming up, by the way. So this kind of, I would say this went on probably for about four, maybe five hours off and on. One of the times when that pull happened, it was really strong. Like it was almost like someone was trying to pull me out of the bed. Mm. Oh my and gosh. that really messed me up. That really got to me. One of my friends said, you should have thrown the sheet up in the air and see if it fell down on like a human figure. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I, I would have punched it and passed out. <laughs> but, uh... When it finally ended and I woke up the next morning after getting like an hour of sleep or whatever it was, right before I left, uh, I had looked up the night before on my computer, like the, the whole thing about the ship being haunted and something. Mm -hmm. So I pulled that up on my computer and it said that the most haunted room on the ship was B340, <gasps> which you cannot, go, you cannot go in because uh, the only way you can go in it is you have to go on a tour, but you can, you're only in there for like a minute and then you leave. So B340 is the most haunted room on the ship, right? Right. I was in B341. Oh my gosh, right next door. Which, it, it's like across the hall, but it's right there. Yeah, but ghosts and, can travel through all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went and asked the person at the checkout, I said, I kind of told them about what was happening. And it was funny because I've since been back to the Queen Mary and I've talked to a couple people on there. And some people are really sort of receptive when you talk about this stuff. Like some people are like, oh yeah, yeah, we hear stories. We hear stories. We've had people that work here, things that happened to them. Guy, guy in the kitchen got scratched on the face, doesn't know how it happened, blah, blah, blah. There's guys like that. And then there's the person, like the person I dealt with when I checked out that was like, yeah, there's nothing going on back there. And I'm like, all right, come on. I, I live through this. Yeah. Like, you know, and you guys never bothered to tell me when you checked me into that room that I was across the hall from the most haunted room on the ship or whatever. So yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy experience. I have since been back and I have since stayed multiple nights on the Queen Mary. I and, was going to ask I, that. I stayed in a different room and I had no problems at all. Oh, the other thing I did leave out was in the morning when I woke up and I came out in the hallway uh, hallway was brightly lit, like completely looked different from what it looked like the night before. I'm really impressed with how you dealt with it, though. That, Me like, too. I would have been running down the hallway screaming, but you're treating whatever this is like an annoying cat, you know? Like, it's just <laughs> jumping up on the bed. Leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. And one of my favorite things about the story is that Mark is truly one of the most no nonsense people right. that I know. I know. So when he started telling the story, I was like, I believe this. Like, totally. I have no doubts about this. I was so unnerved that for like a good week or so afterwards, because they give you this little thing when you check in on the Queen Mary. It looks like a little passport and it's got, you know, pictures of the Queen Mary on it. And it's a nice looking little, you know, promotional passport thing. They put your keys in it. And for like a week after when I was at home, I had the passport sort of laying off to the side of my bed. Mm -hmm. And every time I looked at that passport, I got creeped out. I was like, wondering. It, it took me like a week to kind of get over it. You know, it was really, it really kind of messed with me. We need to look at that picture. What if there's like orbs and stuff in it? Yeah, we need that passport. And furthermore, you're saying it took you a week to get over it. I heard this story like well over a year ago yeah, and I'm still I'm not, not over, over it. it. Uh -uh. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us, Mark. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Julia. Yeah, I appreciate you calling me and let me, to let me tell it. So I'll get to work on finding more Queen Mary stories. And I'm going to get to work, do a little research on the Anson Lights because that seems like a... 
a legit done deal. Like we're going to see something. We're if we going. Do I know I we're going. so excited about this one. And uh, also I'm going to get an update from my niece, Savannah, because she was going to talk to her landlord. So I'll try to get her on the podcast next time so we can find out exactly what's happening. So that'll come up on the next podcast. No. So that'll come up on the next Haunted AF. Perfect. And uh, let's just remind everybody, if you want your story featured on Haunted AF, you better email us, voice memo us. We would love to talk to you. We want to hear your ghost story. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. Did you like when I said Twitter? 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 <laughs> Thanks to our board, I'm Ziggy Becker, and to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song, and also to On Air Media for their titles and technical support. And, of course, we got to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you, baby. Oh, <laughs> I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca. Ah!